Good morning. You are listening to Action Line on KNY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis. And joining me today, I have Representative Sarah Hannon. How are you doing today? Good morning, Jordan. It's day 115 in the legislative time warp. Oh, and, and how's it looking down there? I know I was watching the discussion around House Bill 66 yesterday. Well, uh, we, <laughs> if you saw that, you, you saw that's, that's a, a regular day at the legislature right now. But, um, you know, what, we have six days remaining by law. And we have not yet, um, the Senate has not passed the budget over the House. We generated the operating budget, so they're the second step. Um, we have not had a capital budget, so those are the things we are legally required to do before we adjourn, or uh, i.e. before the fiscal year ends. and. We're spending a lot of time and energy on other policies that don't have to be done, but um, it's where our energy is. Gotcha. And so hearing that would lead me to the question of, do you think that the, the legislature will sort of finish within that time frame, or do you think it might, that we're going to be going for longer? Um, I think right now, I, uh, in, a, in a pessimistic stance, uh, very good chance that we're going to need some more time, but um, on the other hand, most people are procrastinators and push to the deadline. Um, you know, uh, being in the minority, I am not, so I am just speculating from the outside watching the two majority caucuses who have the power to negotiate the end terms. Um, you know, a lot of meetings are being canceled because there are behind-the-scenes negotiations of what has to be done to get out of here, um, i.e. to conclude an agreement on the operating budget, the capital budget, and within the operating budget, uh, a payment of the this year's permanent fund dividend. Um, those are all issues that take a lot of energy. Uh, so, but on the other hand, when you get to a deadline, that time pressure increases people's focus and perhaps their willingness to compromise. Um, you know, I because I represent Juno, um, I don't, quote, suffer from many of those same pressures. Uh, you know, I need to get home. I am home. Um, my, you know, as a retiree, you know, we, we have members of the body who are... Uh, construction industry, right? And their season's already going, and they want to get home. We have people who are in the agriculture industry, and again, their season's going, and they want to get home, and they need to get to work. Um, for me, those things aren't as big, although, you know, May and June are some of our finest weather, and um, I'd like to be out fishing and enjoying Alaska, but, but we've got a job before us, and Will it take six more days and be done on time, or will we need a few more days? Um, you know, a few weeks ago, the discussion was around uh, completing the fiscal plan before the end of the session, and I, I, don't, I don't see that as a possibility at all. And if we are going to have a special session on a fiscal plan, I don't see that being immediately before we adjourn. But again, I'm in the minority looking at the people who are going into closed-door sessions and speculating as to what's being said. <laughs> right. 
Now, I wanted to circle back because obviously I mentioned the House Bill 66 hearing that was yesterday. And so I wanted to talk to you a bit more about that, just in case some of our listeners might not have been following along with that. Okay. So do you have a question or you want me to just uh, well, start rattling on? Maybe on let's 66? kind of give a sort of a brief, because I understand that you were in opposition of HB 66, if I recall correctly. Uh, well, or was it the amendments that were proposed? Those were amendments. So the, that bill has not passed the body yet. Today it will be before us for final debate. Yesterday, it was, so it was called third reading. So that's where you vote on the final um, the the final form of it, um, and that's on our docket today. Yesterday was second reading, so still open for amendments. Um, the last committee of referral that did substantive work on it was the finance committee that I serve on. So I've been working on 66 over the last couple of weeks with, you know, we had a number of hearings in finance and we made a number of changes to the bill. Several of the amendments on the floor yesterday were attempts to undo the changes we made in finance. Um, one of the areas that I specifically had concerns on and would not at all consider its passage, and I, I, it's not solid yet, but, um, you know, the, the bill is promoted in by title a tough-on-drug crimes bill. Um, and, you know, some of the political rhetoric around it talked about it as being the, quote, fentanyl overdose bill putting harsher penalties in for uh, drug dealers, someone who sells or delivers fentanyl that results in a death. And so um, sort of the, the, the focus by title and first sections of the bill are about taking um, a drug overdose death and um, saying that if you sold or delivered the drug that resulted in the fentanyl death, uh, well, the problem was it's more than fentanyl, this drug overdose death, then instead of being uh, charged with manslaughter, you, you're charged with murder. So moving it up in severity. The problem for me is it's not just fentanyl overdose deaths. It was, um, in its original form, all drugs. Um, so, uh, you know, all drugs that are on the drug schedule, which is how we regulate most drugs of control. Um, and then there was a second portion that was just, ex uh, so not relating to overdoses, but taking any drug trafficking crimes and saying they are no longer for what's known colloquially as good time release, but I always urge people to think about good time as it's not virtuous or not virtuous. It's compliance and supervision. Um, so most crimes in Alaska, when you go to jail, a, a third of your sentence, so let's, and I, you know, so let's say you had a 30-year sentence for a crime, that 10 years of it can be removed if you, quote, comply with the rules in jail and you do programming. Additionally, once you are discharged from the doors of the prison, you remain under the supervision of the Department of Corrections. So you're on parole and you're being monitored and you may be mandated to attend, 
you know, drug treatment or anger management or all those kinds of things. For the remainder of that time, it was part of your sentence. So you might have 20 years to serve behind bars and 10 years to serve on an ankle monitor and regular check-in on a weekly basis. Um, and the bill in its original form, I think, went far too broadly and captured all drug trafficking, including delivery, which, you know, um, you're young enough to know that sometimes people share drugs. And included in those drugs of delivery are things like ecstasy and psilocybin mushrooms and, um, you know, and it, not a drug overdose, but you, you shared that. You didn't have to sell it, you just delivered it. And my concern is that it's a very wrong approach to reducing drug addiction and it wasn't, uh, it doesn't prevent any deaths and harsher sentences don't um, reduce people's addiction. Um, and we don't have any money attached to the bill to do any more um, drug treatment, drug intervention, early deterrence, um, increased supervision. So um, when we come back to the original push for the bill, uh, the, the governor's office and um, Attorney General, Assistant Attorney General Skidmore, who's the chief of the criminal division, has described repeatedly on the record that the overdose cases that resulted in death that they're after, that they've previously charged as manslaughter, but under this law they could charge as murder, was three over the last 10 years. So we're not talking about a huge shift in the law or shift in cases, but it, um, a lot of heat and energy around that. And my concern is it doesn't, it doesn't truly address the problem, but it's, um, you know, a soundbite of tough on crime and lock up the drug dealers. Right. We're going to go into our break, and then when we come back, I'll kind of give you sort of my thoughts on what you just said, and then we'll talk about other things going on in the legislature. Okay. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. Welcome back to Action Line. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me still, I have Representative Sarah Hanna. Now, I wanted to give you my thoughts about how you sort of des- described how the discussion around HB 66 was going with those amendments, and a lot of how it came across to me with how you were describing it is they're focusing on fentanyl as it is sort of the big hot button you know it's in this the general eye of the public that's the one that everybody hears about and so it oftentimes at least to me it almost comes across as though they're focusing on that because that gets them more I guess better public perception of that versus you know just saying hey it's all overdose deaths and then you know that doesn't come across as like as hard to some people in the general populace um well <laughs> i think absolutely fentanyl death is uh, is uh you know fentanyl and mass overdoses are the two primary um well let me back up very few people who die of a drug overdose outside of a medical situation, outside of prescribed drugs, you know, an elderly person who's overdosed because they've mixed their meds and they weren't supposed to. Um, But most people who are, uh, you know, I don't know what the other term for it would be, but, you know, non-supervised, non-legal prescribed drug overdose death 
are combinations. You know, nobody, very few people have just fentanyl in their system. So whether it's fentanyl with heroin or fentanyl with cocaine or fentanyl with methamphetamine. Um, but although the bill was introduced talking about fentanyl, many of the concerns, and you heard them in discussions yesterday, was the bill is much broader. It doesn't distinguish fentanyl from the other drugs. Um, and there is something called a drug schedule, and fentanyl is in the category, uh, class one, the most serious or the most dangerous drugs, you know, but it includes, um, you know, oxycotton, oxycodone, but also on the drug schedule, you know, I mentioned to you earlier in class two are things like ecstasy and psilocybin. Um, and so when we then translate it and talk about all these drugs, um, and people going to longer sentences or overdosing in, um, you, you are capturing things that I don't think were the intention and focus, and I don't think relieve the problem directly, you know, uh, um, and one further thing, you know, uh, sort of the d discussion or soundbite is, you know, if the, if the increased punishments, then, then people will think about it and they won't do this. They won't sell drugs. They won't share drugs. And as Representative Ruffridge, who's a pharmacist, said yesterday, you know, that implies that people have the culpability of thinking this through. And that's one of the problems in understanding is that folks are in the midst of addiction. Their dopamine response receptors don't process this as a, um, you know, consequences. My actions will lead to this consequences, therefore I won't take this action. Um, so if we're not preventing deaths, but we're just increasing prosecutions or patting ourselves on the back that we are addressing the drug problem, but we're not doing anything to treat addiction, to stop addiction and sales before those deaths happen, then I don't view it as we are treating the drug problem because an after-the-fact sentencing of somebody, three to five people, putting them in prison for another decade or two doesn't solve the problem and it doesn't keep someone from dying. And I need us, I want us to focus on some of those upstream efforts. But we're, those are all... Um, you know they're more complex and um, subtle, and we don't we don't have the capacity to do all those things um, without a lot more investment of money and infrastructure. So we get caught up on um, the sound bite of you know, and, and nobody is saying drug dealing is good by not supporting the bill. That's not the opposite of opposing it or the opposite of not supporting it. Doesn't mean you are in favor of the behaviors that are being talked about. Um, so. Okay. You know, I just thought it would be good to at least sort of maybe even share that feedback with you because that's, again, ultimately that's only my interpretation of how that kind of discussion and those bills can come across at times. And that's also mm -hmm. me looking at it from, obviously I still always have that newsroom perspective of it. So then thinking of it from that perspective as well as just, you know, as also a citizen thinking about it that way. Oh, yeah. No, no, I think that, yeah. Fentanyl is the drug du jour. It's the problem of the moment. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of politics is reacting to the thing right there. Let's do this. Let's do that. Um, without putting the, 
the systems are much more complex because if it was just a black and white, if you criminalize it, it won't happen. Then we wouldn't, you know, 90% of societal problems wouldn't be there. We have laws against sexual assault and, and abuse of children, yet those repeatedly happen. It's not as simple as having a law saying, here's a punishment. Um, right. Okay. And then... Maybe maybe I'll circle back because we we've, we've been on this one for a little while now. We were you started you want to talk a bit about how it doesn't sound like we'll get that fiscal plan going, and so maybe maybe talk, talk to me a bit about that and some of the discussions that are happening at least on the House side because I know the Senate hasn't come back with a plan for the House to look at quite yet. Yeah. Is that correct? Well, there's there's two things. So a fiscal plan is separate from the budget. Um, you, the budget is an annual part of a fiscal plan, but the fiscal plan is a broader policy of revenue generation, uh, of revenue uh, spending restrictions, you know, a, a spending cap is the sound bite that we use, um, and uh, talking about a permanent fund dividend and, and whether we're going to restructure in law and set a new statute for the computation of that, or let it be an ad hoc computation, which is what it's been for the last six or seven years um, and as you know you saw yesterday a lengthy floor discussion on one bill that has to do with a very narrow area of criminal law drug prosecution and it still took three I think we were on the floor with that bill alone about three hours on amendments um, so when we say oh well you know people say well you can just push through a fiscal plan and get it done and you go wait a minute, <laughs> we, we haven't had um, any broad discussions of revenues, taxes, whether you, income tax, sales tax, oil taxes. The Senate's had more hearings on that than the House side has had. Um, but the thing that we have to, by law, get done before we adjourn is pass the next year's operating budget. We don't have to pass a capital budget, I view that as an important part, and I would like us to have a capital budget for fiscal year 25, but that is not something we are required to do by law. Um, so those are the things, you know, that's the time frame to get us done. Um, it's uh, the new fiscal year starts on July 1. If we don't have a budget passed by June 1, the, the budget usually has a 30-day effective date. So it, the money can't be spent on July 1 if we haven't passed it by June 1, if it hasn't been signed by the governor and ready to go. And, um, you know, that's, that's our pressing deadline is to get the operating budget for next year completed. But that's where it's, it's being used additionally in leverage um, you know, get a fiscal plan out, but I, I cannot forestall, nor do I think we would have adequate time to have public analysis, public feedback, um, participate in the true democracy about major policy. If we're going to set new revenue, new spending cap, new PFD um, formulation, those are things the public has a right to weigh in on, and we have an obligation to hear from a variety of voices, not just 60 of us um, thinking about it and chatting amongst ourselves. And that can't be done in the next week. Um, so that's where we go back and forth, and whether we, um, you know, we'll come back for a special session just on the fiscal plan 
that's where many of us have gone of like that has to be dealt with but it can't be dealt with in the next six days um okay that was that was kind of where i was thinking it was heading for at least a couple of weeks now just once i start hearing that those discussions are finally happening and then comparing it with the schedule of the session i was like oh yeah i don't see that happening uh, within time <laughs> no and that's the uh you know i <laughs> i as you know i spent my life as a teacher and one of the things that you know, a standard in teacher planning, and it's, it's called backward planning. So you start with the last day of school, and you backward plan from that of where you need to be. What are your benchmarks of academic achievement or lesson plans that have to be done by a certain time? You know, and if, let's say you're an elementary teacher that knows that the uh, big tests that you have to take annually are April, the 1st of April, which many of them are, then when you do your backward planning, you're not focused on the last day of school, but the week before testing, where do I need to have my kids before they do the reading testing exams that will give them a mark that we then follow for the next couple of years? It's got to be done by April 1st. All that to say, the legislative process, although we have a prescribed length of time, we don't always have the factors in control, and there isn't a single teacher at the helm to go, where do we need to be by this point to get to the end um, and have the things completed? And, you know, the discussion around a fiscal plan has been there since we were sworn in in January, but we, you know, we still haven't had major revenue measures introduced. The governor's been talking about introducing a sales tax bill. Um, and again, the Senate has a few bills. You know, they've got an oil tax and a corporation tax and a digital commerce tax bill. But um, we haven't had those here at the House side. Our Ways and Means, which is a special committee, not not a standing committee of the legislature, but a special committee. They've been meeting um, and chewing on a variety of things, but they haven't moved any bills out um, that would be part of a fiscal plan. Gotcha. Well, Representative Hannah, I'd like to thank you for coming on, as we actually did run a little bit over, but that's fine. We're talking important you things. Can, you can edit me. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you for coming on. It's always fun chatting with you about what's going on at the legislature. Thank you, Jordan. I look forward to seeing you across the summer. All righty. You've been listening to Action Line on KINY.